Hello, friends. It's another episode of the 214. That's right. We did not cancel after our first episode. We made it to episode number two. That's an achievement in its own. Props to me for that one. So we're back, and we've got a lot of great stuff to talk about. Juicy NBA free agency rumors. The Rangers season is just continuing to be this awesome, awesome surprise. And the Stars might have someone lurking around the Dallas corridors that could improve this team's roster going into next season. There's a lot of stuff to talk about, a lot of great stuff. All of that and more coming up here on the 214. First thing you guys might notice before we dive into anything is that the sound on on this podcast might sound a little bit better. Um, You know, we're growing pains as this podcast grows, so too hopefully will the engineering on the audio. Um, There's a lot to learn on this kind of stuff, so don't mind that. Um, But let's go ahead and move forward and talk about the stars. They have had a pretty hectic last week. A couple of moves have gone down that make this team a pretty interesting team to look at going into next year. So uh, first and foremost, um, we did have a trade happen. Okay, so the Flyers, uh, the Philadelphia Flyers, have traded to us Ryan Hartman, and we have given them Tyler Pitlick. Now, it's my understanding that this trade was more of a salary dump than anything, because uh, Ryan Hartman is a rest- or was a restricted free agent, but it doesn't look like the Stars are actually going to reach an offer out to him to make him an unrestricted free agent. Now, we can give him an offer once he does become a UFA, uh, but we're not exactly sure what he could provide for this team. He's, he's a forward, and, and in other forward news that we're going to get into here in a second, I just, just judging based off of the stats from last year... Um, let me look here. What do we got here for Mr. Hartman? Ryan Hartman really only had about uh, a total of 26 points last year, uh, 12 goals. I mean, he's he's decent. He's provided uh, a good amount for both the Nashville uh, Predators and the Flyers um, because those were both the teams that he played on last year. But I just don't really see how he can contribute to a team where the top trio of forwards in Ben, Sagan, and uh, Radulov, where he can really step up and and help any of the other lines, um, all things considered. But we'll see what happens. Maybe they'll sign him to something. Uh, But what's really interesting is that our forward situation is a little up in the air right now. For one, it turns out that uh, Matt Zuccarella is actually listening to offers from other teams and that apparently the Stars and him aren't really on the same page right now. In fact, from from what it looks like, they're pretty far away from each other in terms of, a, of agreement. So Matt's might not be on this team uh, as of next season. And so the Stars are definitely keeping their eyes peeled for someone because... 
it's it's interesting because the Stars are an interesting team. Their identity last year was that they were a defensive team. Um, and that defense carried them all the way into the second round last year where they eventually lost to what would become the uh, Stanley Cup champions in the St. Louis Blues. And so the problem that the Stars were facing to really counterbalance the fact that they had incredible goaltending in Ben Bishop and Antoine Kudobin is that their offense couldn't make up for the amount of times that the defense had to defend from the front line not really playing their part, not being able to hold on to the possession of the puck. And so offense really is this team's weakness, and they really need to improve on that somehow. And it just so happens that reports are coming out that the San Jose Sharks captain, Joe Pavelski, the Joe Pavelski who got 38 goals last year with the Sharks, in total had 64 points. This guy is a machine. At 34 years old, he's still putting up hella numbers and apparently reports are coming out that he was in Dallas and met with uh, the team on Wednesday and there's a chance that he might be signed to this team starting July 1st so you know this guy alone got more points than any of our top three linemen on the offense Um, he got more than our captain he got more than Sagan he got more than Radulov So he would be a massive improvement to the front line. Not that those other three guys aren't bad themselves, but they really just, as a team, we did not do well on the offense. And so we need to really bolster up that part of the team in in a really efficient way. And I think that uh, Pavelski can provide that for us because just look at the numbers. The guy was insane last year. The guy was was torching everybody on the Sharks. He's He's a great leader. And, uh, and he has the, the, the skills to back up that leadership. So uh, reports coming out that he still wants to visit the Tampa Bay disappointments. And so we're going to wait to see uh, how that goes, if any reports come out of there, if it sounds like the, him and that team are on the same page. But I really hope he comes to Dallas. I really do. I think he would really improve the Stars' offense because we need it. And that could be the jump that is going to get the stars from the second round to the finals. Speaking of teams with potential, we got to talk about the Rangers and their continued success. We are halfway through the MLB regular season, and as of this moment, they own the second wildcard spot. They are on a five-game win streak. They just wrapped up sweeping the Tigers. I'm, I, I don't know what to say. This is incredible. I, I already was surprised by the fact that this team wasn't a dumpster fire jumping into the season. And yet here we are and talking about them potentially getting into the playoffs this year. They're a sleeper team, probably one of the biggest sleeper teams that you could identify in this uh, entire league. It's, It's really impressive. And I really think that one of the big parts has to do with the improved pitching. The entire first half of the season has been about trying to figure out who our pitchers are. Mike Miner has clearly risen to be our ace. Lance Lynn has shown a lot of spunk, and he now owns that second spot. And behind those two guys, the final three of that pitching lineup has been a mess. You know, we've been trying to figure out who really fits. And I would say over the last couple of weeks, it's been quite clear that Adrian Sampson and Ariel Jurado have stepped up to the plate, and those guys are now really contributing on that lineup. But there was that that fifth position. The fifth position that was really hard to to fulfill, 
And then comes along Jesse Chavez. The guy was filling our bullpen for a while. And now, all of a sudden, he gets thrown into a starting role. And in his start, he goes six and a third innings, zero earned runs. Very impressive. And I think now, if all things hold and the guys continue to show that they have the skills, we might have our starting lineup this year, folks. Mike Miner, Lance Lynn, Ariel Gerardo, Adrian Sampson, Jesse Chavez. That's a lineup that I can get used to. But it hasn't all just been pitching that's made this team so great. We have to talk about this batting lineup. First and foremost, big congratulations to Hunter Pence. He has been tagged as the starting uh, designated hitter for the All-Star game. Congratulations, Hunter Pence, for being an All-Star. He has a pretty amazing story. The guy got off the San Francisco Giants last year and over the summer was having a lot of difficulty finding a major league deal. Ended up somehow popping in on the Rangers. No one really expected him to step up and be a big contributor for the team. And now here he is slugging his ass away and now is an all-star. The guy has a pretty pretty great story as of this year and I think we can all say that we're pretty proud of him for getting to this state. Um, and then it's not just Hunter Pence, you know, Joey Gallo should be an all-star right now. I think the fact that he's been injured for the last couple of weeks kind of took him out of that running. You could make the argument that since Hunter Pence has been hurt too, that doesn't really stand, but someone, one of the two had to have. And while I think that Joey Gallo should be an all-star as well, he didn't end up making the votes, honestly, MLB All-Star voting is just a popularity contest at this point, so to get a guy in there from the Rangers is, is honestly just a blessing in its own. Um, but you've got Hunter Pence, you've got uh, Joey Gallo, who had two home runs the other day in one game, um, and then you have Nomar Mazzara, who is on fire right now. The big chill is going crazy right now. He's getting home runs in practically almost every game. He's gotten on base in every single game. Uh, over the last week, uh, these guys have really contributed to this team, and, and they've really stepped up their game and made the the Rangers a real lethal weapon and a team that people have to look out for. Now, here's the only thing. A lot of people might discredit this team's strength because some argue that the stretch we've had, especially recently, was kind of an easy one. You know, we've been beating teams that we should be beating, Right, But I want to argue and push back against that a little bit because the notion that these are teams we should be beating in the first place already gives credit to the Rangers that they have strength. They have the ability to beat teams that they don't belong in the basement. And that is something that we should take note of because that's not what we were expecting at the start of the year. So the fact that we now have the mentality that these are teams they should be beating, that shows that we already have confidence in this team, that we expect this team to be very good. Now comes the challenging part, though, because we have a stretch coming up here for July that is pretty crazy. We're playing, uh, as of tonight, we have our first game in a, ser- a three-game series with the Tampa Bay-Montreal Rays, um, followed up with the Angels, and the Angels always find ways to, to push our buttons. Then you got a, se- a series with the Twins, followed by the Astros, then the Diamondbacks, the Astros again, before things calm down and we play against the Mariners and the Rangers Kryptonite Athletics. So 
We've got a pretty wild July ahead of us, but if we come out of July uh, above 500, then I really think people can make the claim that this team belongs in the playoffs uh, by the end of this next month, and this team can can really shoot for the stars. So not exactly sure where the Rangers go from here. We have to see how they handle this tough stretch that's about to come up. I have confidence in them. Uh, statistics show and, and studies are showing that Rangers fans in general are confident about this team um, and that it's not just this this stretch of, of defeating teams that they should be defeating and beating. It's, it's that the Rangers are actually good. They have good pitching. They have good hitting. They have incredible fielding. They're, they're still a team that kills it with the double plays. Um, we minimize on the errors, and when we do have errors, they're in situations that aren't costly. They're not, they, don't, they don't destroy or ruin our chances of winning. And uh, I just I see a bright future for this team. Uh, whereas at the start, we, I wasn't even really watching the games. Here we are now discussing how this team has a lot of strength. This team has a lot of power. Um, and, and, and now we've got an all-star, right? We now have an all-star on this team that's that's someone that we really look to as a leader, someone who's contributing in this lineup, and a second should be all-star as well. Uh, on the note of accolades, ladies and gentlemen, to nobody's surprise, your rookie of the year, Luka Doncic. The guy had an astounding season, came into the league from the EuroLeague MVP uh, championship over there, comes over here, gets Rookie of the Year. And this dude is having a very decorated career, and now what he wants is a team that he can win with. Um, So one really exciting thing right now is that the NBA free agency is right around the corner, and there are a lot of rumors spreading, a lot of names being tossed to this team, a lot of... Uh, pairings happening here, happening there. Uh, it's insane to think that uh, apparently right now there are actually more uh, talented free agents out there than there is money available for them. So in, for a team like the Mavericks, you're pretty much guaranteed that no matter what, you're going to be signing someone to this team that can really st- help this help help us improve. Now, um, we, we've had some like BS rumors kind of float around. Uh, apparently someone said something like how I guess Kawhi was meeting with the Mavericks. That's that's not happening. That was like a weird momentary rumor. Um, but someone who has actually apparently been out there saying that them and the Mavericks are going to be meeting up, that they're actually going to be trying to talk about something, is Patrick Beverly. Um, so before we talk about Beverly, real quick, I just want to point out that the Mavericks are in a situation. They're in a spot. When it comes to free agency, they have two options. They can either try and sign uh, someone to a max deal with the remaining cap space that they're going to have after this, uh, this deal that they signed with Chris Stapps for five years, 158. With the remaining money, they're going to have to do something with it. They're either going to sign a max player with the remaining money or uh, they're going to just fill that space with solid contributing players. Now, if you were to ask me, I'm not really opposed to the idea of not going for one of these top, like, grade A free agents and instead just bolstering the roster. While I do love a lot of the guys on this team, um, there are places where the holes need to be filled. Um, uh, Maxi Kleber and Dorian Finney-Smith just both got put into a restricted free agent position. I would really like for Maxi Kleber to come back because he just provides a lot to this team. He is the third of the triple dirks. And, um, and he provides a lot for the offense as well. Dorian Finney-Smith, as much as I love the guy, as much as you know, he really is one of the only true wings we have on this team, 
um, aside from, say, Justin Jackson. He's just he's not someone that I can see being in this team's long-term plans, and I think that he'll thrive maybe somewhere elsewhere. Uh, but we do have places where this roster needs to be patched up. Uh, and apparently, Pat Beverly and the Mavericks have a sort of perfect fit mentality when it comes to the pairing of the two. Now, a lot of people argue that Pat Beverly might not be worth the amount of money that a team is going to offer him. Everyone's kind of come to the conclusion that considering Pat Beverly's skill level, but how he showed up against Kevin Durant in the, the playoffs, that he's, he's bound to just get what everyone's calling overpaid, quote-unquote. I'm not exactly sure if people... I, I agree with what everyone's saying about him getting overpaid because, yeah, he might not be someone who who does a lot of uh, shot-taking in, in games. He's not a huge facilitator, but that's who you have Luka for. Pat Beverly is just a perfect fit alongside Luka. He's the guy that provides the defense. He's someone that gets on other teams' nerves. He's a disruptor, and every team needs a disruptor in some way, shape, or form, and Pat Beverly could really fit in that starting lineup with those guys, as well as maybe someone else too, because in you know Pat Beverly is not going to be someone that's going to command the remaining cap space. So whatever cap space we have left, we can now fill with someone else. I don't know how much Tobias Harris is going to be on the market, and if people want want him, um, and if he's going to just settle for an amount of money that we give him. Who knows what goes on with Al Horford if we end up giving him money? Uh, we have a lot of options here, but Pat Beverly and the Mavericks. I like the sound of that. I really do. I think that he can really bring something to this team that um, we currently don't have right now. Um, there is other point guard news in relation to the Mavericks, and that is Kemba. So we all kind of went into the offseason knowing that Kemba was going to be the Mavericks' plan A. It wasn't a secret. Uh, reports came out that the Mavericks were eyeing the heck out of him. Um, and Kemba's particular situation is interesting to watch because Kemba's not one of those guys that has really put his heart on his sleeve. He doesn't really wear it there, so we're not exactly sure what's going on with him. He's not like Kyrie Irving where you know his intentions or Kevin Durant where you know his intentions. Kemba's a little quieter about his intentions for free agency and his goals and what he wants to do uh, with his basketball career. And so he's in this position right now, very unique position, where he has the ability to get a Supermax deal from the Charlotte Hornets. But the Charlotte Hornets are in a pickle because they need to decide, do we give Kemba the Supermax, tie up a lot of our cap space in him for the next couple of years, and essentially doom this team long term because we don't want to let go the best player in our franchise? Or do we let him go? Do we let the best player in our franchise go and instead use what remaining cap space we have from letting Kemba go to rebuild finally? Because that team has been in need of a rebuild for a long time. They're overpaying Nicholas Batum. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, commenters, but uh, I'm pretty sure uh, Contavious Caldwell-Pope is on that team and he was getting way too much money from them. If I'm wrong, then I'm wrong. But I know that they are overpaying, cert overpaying certain players and um, to put all that money into Kemba would be crazy. But let's say that they offer Kemba the $221 million five-year Supermax deal. Kemba has a decision to make. His decision is either money or chances of winning. So we're going to make the assumption here that Kemba decides, no, 
you know, I'm going to turn down that crazy amount of money. I want to go to a place where I feel like I can actually have a chance of winning, getting further in the playoffs, having a better career, better accolades. Um, he's never going to get money like that again, but, you know, you got to do what you got to do. I mean, the whole reason why you're a basketball player is because you want to win. Money, at this point, when it comes to athletes, it's a commodity. So, he, let's say theoretically that Kemba decides, all right, I'm going to look elsewhere now. Well, the Mavericks have been the name that's been getting tossed around for a little bit. The Lakers was too, but the Lakers is kind of a, of a crap show, and you never really know what's going on with that team. Um, but the, what everyone is calling the stealth suitor has arisen from the dark, and now with the Celtics being pretty confident Kyrie's gone, they have an open spot at their point guard position, and Al Horford just left, so they have a lot of cap room. And so suddenly the Celtics are now the front runners uh, for Kemba Walker starting at the point of free agency. Now, I've heard a lot of people talk about, okay, well, why would Kemba pick the Celtics over the Mavericks? Why would he pick the Mavericks over the Celtics? That's kind of become the discussion is if, he, if he's not going back to the Hornets, the front runners are the Mavericks and the Celtics. Which ones is he going to pick and how are we going to figure this out? Well, so in all fairness, while Kemba coming to the Mavericks, he would have a lot of opportunity to join a winning team. Um, he wouldn't be the man. You know, he wouldn't be the man for the Mavericks. While Luka and KP are young and Kemba isn't freakishly old or anything for an athlete, um, He's going to be the third man on this team. Luka's number one, Kristaps is number two, and then there's going to be Kemba. Whereas if he joined the Celtics, he immediately becomes the guy. Um, he's also an East Coast guy. He's uh, he's from Yukon, and, and he's been in uh, North Carolina this whole time, and so it would be a huge lifestyle change for him. Not exactly sure if Kemba's the type of guy that would be willing to uproot his entire East Coast life to now come join us down here in the, the Big D. So... That's also a big question, too. And so the Celtics, yeah, I can really see that if you think about it logically, that Kemba might just go to the Celtics and replace Kyrie Irving's position over there. Um, but I personally don't have a problem with it because, like I said, if, if I had to pick between signing a max player to this team or bolstering up the roster with two really solid guys— Let's go with the really two solid guys. We already have two all-stars on this team. We already have two superstars in Luka Doncic and Kristaps and Porzingis. Um, and we just... It, reports are coming out that he's got that five-year 158 mil coming towards him, as everyone expected, to nobody's surprise. Um, and so he's on this team for a while. This is a young team, um, and these two guys are going to be the guys on this team. So at this point, trying to shoehorn in a third star... To try and and you know do his best to make as many points as possible and yada yada yada, I don't think it'd be good for this team. You know I think it would it would create some issues in in terms of who's the man, who do we pass the ball to? Um, I know the Golden State Warriors did it wonderfully. I know it's Rick Carlisle. I'm sure that whoever he gets on his roster, he's going to get the best out of them and make them gel well. But I really do think that putting another star on this team while would vastly improve our capabilities and and like immediately make us a playoff team i've noticed that the teams that that really make it the teams that you need to look out for as the raptors just proved this last season it's not about the superstars as much as it is about the rest of the roster you need to have a strong solid roster strong bench 
great contributing players. It's not always about the all-stars and the superstars. It's also about the other guys as well. While Kyrie, not, not sorry, not Kyrie, while Kawhi and uh, Kyle Lowry uh, contributed greatly to their team's win, obviously, uh, to win the championship, they couldn't have done it without the, the powers of Fred Van Fleet. They couldn't have done it without Mark Gasol. Uh, they couldn't have done it without uh, Pascal Siakam. I mean, so many other names came up for that team, and they came up big for the playoffs and, and to get that team the championship. And so in my eyes, it's not necessarily about getting all the best big names possible, but about having some big names to lead the charge and to have them supported by a team that you can trust. Patrick Beverly is someone that I feel like I can trust if he's on this team. Al Horford is someone who I feel like I can trust on this team. Kemba Walker, wonderful, but I don't think it's going to happen. I just I don't think that the Mavericks have any sort of plan K at all. No Kawhi, no Clay, no Kevin Durant, no Kemba. I just I don't think it's going to happen. Now, if Kemba comes on this team, count me in. I'm rooting for them, and and I love it. But let's think about this logically and understand that when the Mavericks won 2011, they didn't have a crap ton of all-stars. They had Dirk and they had a solid team behind them. Yes, they had Jason Kidd as well, I understand, but they had a team that had a bunch of names that you wouldn't really be talking about in the regular season that now they're in the playoffs, they're suddenly becoming very noteworthy. Raptors did the same thing this year. And while I understand that Golden State dominated for the last couple of years and, and Cleveland and, and LeBron was basically, all, they it, you know, we had the three-year war, the three-year battle between those guys, the four-year battle. Ultimately... Um, I think that the key to winning a championship, the key to having long-term success in the NBA and, and, and to succeed, period, in this league is to have a reliable roster. And you're not going to get what the, what the Warriors got. You know, they got lucky in drafting the right guys. They got lucky in that DeMarcus Cousins and Kevin Durant were willing to, to cut their salaries just to get an easy ring. Um... And LeBron is LeBron. And the fact that, you know, the Lakers didn't do good this last year was because he was injured most of the year. I'm very I'm very convinced of that. Now LeBron and AD are on the Lakers together, so you can essentially count them in as long as the coaching's okay and the front office doesn't completely destroy that whole project. You can count the Lakers into the playoffs pretty much guaranteed. So the West is becoming stacked. This team needs to step up and play against the other guys somehow. I don't think it's going to be with the biggest names in the world. I think it's going to be with a roster that's sneaky, that people don't expect. And I think that it's going to require the contributions of everybody. Don't forget, last year, before J.J. Barea went down, we had the best bench in the league. That's not exaggeration. That's fact. We had the most efficient bench uh, in the league. And... J.J. Bray is going to come back. He might not be the same player as he was, but he's going to come back. Um, and we need guys on this team to step up. And we need other players on this roster to contribute. When those guys are doing it, this team is fantastic. So that is my Mavericks take. In fact, that is all my takes on Dallas-Fort Worth sports today. This is going to be the last thing that we talk about on today's episode. So uh, thank you again for tuning in. Uh, I appreciate that you guys are riding with me now on two episodes of this thing. Um, I'm continuing to try and improve on this. I'm trying to continue to grow this thing and uh, 
and uh, I'm just excited for where this podcast is going to go. A big shout out to downboysmusic.com. They are the guys that provided the intro for this uh, for this episode and the episode before. Downboysmusic.com is an online library where you can go and get uh, certain audio clips of like some rocking riffs and some awesome music. So go ahead and go listen to them and, and check out their website. Once again, that's downboysmusic.com. Um, and that's it for today. So I appreciate you guys listening in and until next week or you know what? Actually, I think I'm going to make a, uh, free agency special. Yeah. Because free agency is going to start, um, on uh, the 30th. Uh, so come Monday, a lot of crazy stuff is going to happen. So maybe next episode is going to come a little bit sooner than next weekend. We might talk actual crazy stuff that's going on in free agency with the NBA. Uh, and then the NHL free agency is going to blow up too. So let's not forget about that. Um, so yeah, you know, I might, I might see you guys sooner than, uh, than next weekend. So until then, uh, keep enjoying Dallas Fort Worth sports. This has been the 214. Thanks for tuning in.